Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. You're listening to Rabot and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome back in. 11 o'clock hour here on a Thursday. Louis Rabot, Rabot and Co. here, ESPN 680, 1057. Hanging out with you for about another hour. Bobby V after us. And of course, roundtable 3 o'clock will go local until 6 o'clock tonight here on ESPN 680, 1057. Again, check out Wingzone, wingzone.com. Thank them for bringing lunch by the ESPN Louisville Studios. Uh, we are your flagship for the cards that are back in action Saturday at 12 as they host uh, Pittsburgh. That'll be a 10.30 start to the pregame show on that Alex White Network coverage over there on 93.9 after the broadcast. Coors Light postgame show. Taylor Lynch will be in town uh, for that one. Uh, shirtless and singing. Uh, a man who is not shirtless and not singing is Jay Davis. He joins us here in his usual spot uh, at 11 o'clock on a Thursday. And Jay is presented by our friends at Lana Sports. And do you remember the glory days of the American Basketball Association with players like Julius Irving, Rick Barry, Dan Issel, those heated rivalries like Kentucky Colonels and the Indiana Pacers? What about the nostalgic red, white, and blue basketball they played with? Well, thanks to Lana Sports, a family-owned business based in Indiana, which is backed by countless ABA legends, the original ABA basketball is back. Made with quality composite leather, the basketball is a must-have. Whether you are in the market for a new ball to train with, or a unique decorative piece for your man cave, Lana Sports has you covered. So check them out. LanaSports.com, L-A-N-A Sports.com. Get your original ABA basketball today. Use the code ABA20 and you'll get 20% off your order. Lana Sports, where the ABA lives on. Jay, they sought you out as one of the uh, spots here and uh, excited, frankly, because uh, I know you have a, a, a real affinity for historical basketball. How are you today? I'm good. How you doing? Are we going to have a uh, philosophical conversation today on why I can say naysayer and you can't? Let's go. Uh, I'm in. Um, so, uh, L-A-N-K, let a uh, let a naysayer know. Uh, did you appreciate at least that Reese Davis immediately went on Levitard and joked about it? Oh, absolutely. That's, you know, joking <laughs> about this stuff is, is the best part of it. If we can't, you can't take everything so seriously. And I thought that was probably the funniest one minute that has ever happened on that show. And I've been watching game day since like yeah, for 20 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, uh, it was, it was almost perfect how it unfolded. Right. Because McAfee is in touch enough to know what it means. You got the two black guys just cracking up. Right. And then you've got Herb street at the end. Who's, who's such a, a plastic pro at this point that he, he really doesn't know how to react. It's almost a perfect unfolding of that situation. Well, Desmond and Joey were a little worried for a second, and you know, I I don't I didn't watch that live, but you know, just watching <laughs> hearing what Desmond and Joey said, I, I was like, yeah, you know, they might have to find a couple new panelists for the show, depending on where Reese goes with it. But yeah, you know, like I said, they ha- they had fun with it. Pat McAfee, you know, he played college football, played in the NFL. He's probably you know heard a couple heard a couple words in the locker room that you probably, know that he's, yeah. he's not going to say. So you know, he, he he they all they all knew what was going on. I saw some stuff that was saying that. Reese Davis had no clue, but absolutely Reese Davis. You know, Reese knew what was going on. Yeah, I. <laughs> it's about as good as it gets. Um, are you buying any LANK shirts, uh, Jay? Uh, you know what? I would if it, if they ought to have the Alabama logo on. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> the the meme the memes have been great too. You know, my my favorite is obviously the uh, the yeah. that one that included Riley Cooper. Yeah, that, that actually that that made me laugh very hard. I thought that was fantastic. They are fantastic. Jay Davis with us. At Jay Davis underscore 1981. He's presented by our friends at Lana Sports. L-A-N-A Sports.com. Go check them out. They got a bunch of cool uh, ABA stuff. And not just, by the way, they, 
that, that read is about the ball, but they've got signed items, uh, tons of stuff. If people are wondering who that is, we've actually had Scott Tarter on the show before. He started uh, the program called Dropping Dimes, which uh, was eventually responsible for the ABA players getting a pension through the NBA uh, as well. So, uh, all right, uh, where should we go here? You know, let's start with the CFP. I haven't talked to you since the games on New Year's Day. How did you take them in, and, and what stood out to you uh, from the the Michigan and uh, Alabama game, and of course the Washington Texas game? You know, Michigan Alabama that was you know an interesting game. You know, I know people have already said it, but you know Harbaugh and his staff completely out out coached Alabama, and you know the big takeaway I have from that, you know, watching I probably watched Alabama like eight nine times over the course of the season, sure. And you know, once Milroe got the job back, you know, after you know the South Florida game. You know, he's one of those. He's almost a throwback college quarterback, you know, where it's kind of all or nothing. And, you know, with their receivers, they have pretty good receivers, you know, Isaiah Burden. Uh, a lot of their, a lot of their plays, you know, it was a lot of go routes, a lot of, you know, him having time to throw that deep ball. And, you know, Michigan, Michigan did a great defensive job, excuse me, a great job, you know, not allowing him to get comfortable and set up back there, you know, with the blitzes. I think I saw a stat that said he dropped back 13 times in the first half. He got sacked five times and, you know, he had, he was pressured eight total. So, you know, that was just a great job. And in the second half, I think Nick Saban and his staff realized that they just couldn't try to do that anymore with the drop back pass and waiting for the, you know, the play to open up downfield. And, you know, they did, they ran it more with McClellan. I wish he would have got more carries. He averaged like, you know, seven, eight yards of carry in that game. Um, but, yeah, you know, just Alabama, I think overall Alabama had a pretty impressive season given, you know, it's weird saying given the personnel because this is one of the high they've got one of the highest rated recruiting classes ever. You know, they got all these high rated recruits, but I, I actually think Nick Saban did a really good job this year to get, even get them to this point. But that game from the start of it was, it was clear that Michigan was a better team. If Michigan didn't make, you know, a couple of miscues early in that game, I think that would have been a blowout. Naysayers with attitude coming down on the text line. I, um, you know, the interesting thing, you mentioned the wide receivers. Wait, wait, team. wait. We got, we got to ask you something. We got to ask you something that text now. You know, there's some people who can say that word and some people who can't. <laughs> I didn't know I could say it. How about that? Uh, the um, look, you mentioned the wide receivers on Alabama, and you mentioned you know, oh, you know, essentially overachieving this year for them, which I absolutely, I think both of those things are true. This isn't what we're used to on the Alabama receiving core recently, and so it was interesting watching them try to game plan during the game, and obviously they did it masterfully because they had the lead in the fourth quarter, right? So it wasn't as though they didn't make the adjustments, they didn't have the dudes. Michigan just came back and did it. How surprised were you when they actually made the final comeback, given what's happened the last couple of years? Uh, you know, I wasn't surprised. Okay. You know, last year, that, T- that TCU game was weird. You know, they had, you know, turnovers the same way, but TCU was able to, you know, make a lot of plays, you know, offensively, you know, with, you know, some intermediate passes and deep plays. And then, you know, the year before that, Georgia just, you know, totally outclassed them. You know, I – I've been saying it for six months that I think this is the, Michigan is the best team in the country yep. and that, you know, that, that they should win the national title. So, you know, the fact that Alabama even got this game to overtime, had a chance to, you know, send it in the double OT, you know, says a lot about, you know, the job Saban did this year. But, yeah, you know, Michigan is I, – I don't, that line started at four Monday. It's up to five. I think they're I, – I still think they're my, they're my pick to win the title, but – they're going to be they're going to run into something completely different, you know, when they go up against that Washington offense. You know, they have, Washington has three pro wide receivers. Michael Penix will, you know, be a first or second day draft pick. Michael Penix gets the ball out much faster than Jalen Milrow does. Um, I'm not going to say Washington's old line is better than Alabama's, but you know, just in the schemes and stuff, they uh, run that they yeah. run everything really well. So I'm really interested to see how you know Michigan's defense responds to. You know the way that Washington's offense plays, and to see if you know Washington Washington's defense can hang with Michigan. You know Michigan, you know does a lot with their run game and you know short passes. You know a lot of bubble screens and stuff like that. But with this Washington secondary, I think Michigan, you know their wide receivers are going to have some a, a good chance to make some plays down the field on Monday night. One of the things I like to think of myself as not being, but I probably am, is someone who believes in teams of destiny. Uh, I, I'd like to think that I'm a I'm a rational person. I'm able to put those things away. But damn it, once in a while you just watch a team and over and over again they win games. What is it, nine straight single-digit wins for Washington now, something like this? Does Jay Davis buy the Team of Destiny thing at all? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, part of me, you know, does buy into that just with, you know, 
Caleb DeBoer and Michael Penix going yep. from Indiana to yep. Washington and, you know, doing all the things they did there. Um, uh, they I think that's like 10 close, 10 close games they played, you know, one score games they played in a row. But, you know, sometimes the villain wins, you know, and I think that's <laughs> probably going to be the case this year, you know, with Michigan. And, you know, I, I don't know, I hesitate to call them a villain because, you know, I don't, that's, you know, I don't think what they were doing mattered that much in the grand scheme of things. But, yeah, just, you know, seeing them hand that trophy to Jim Harbaugh, you know, when all the people think that, or there's a lot of people who think he's going to leave college and go back to the NFL after this season, you know, just seeing him get that trophy and, you know, ride off into the sunset would be really interesting, even though I think, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I, excuse me, there's some rumors that they're offered, they're set to offer him like a 10 year, $130 million contract. Sure. And I don't think they can let him leave. You know, we've seen them try this, you know, a couple of different times over the last 15 years. You know, he matters to that program more than he would matter to wherever he goes in the NFL. And I think they have to keep him there. You know, I think personally, right now, as far as coaches go, you know, at any level, I think he's probably a top two or three coach because you have to look at the success he's had at, you know, two at the two highest levels. You know, he won at San Diego. He turned Stanford into a national power for the short period of time he was there. You know, he gets to San Francisco in the NFL and, you know, there are a couple of plays away from the Super Bowl and, you know, he comes back to Michigan and turns him into, turns him back into a national power, which I didn't think was going to happen anymore after what happened with Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke. So I don't think they can let him leave. And, you know, it, would, I'm, you know it, it might not be up to them, but if I'm Michigan, I'm doing everything I can to keep Jim Harbaugh there. Jay Davis with us. Uh, usual spot here on uh, a Thursday here on Rabo and Co. ESPN 680-1057. Uh, the villains winning. You you mentioned it. You used the word villain there, and I, that's, I think it's totally apt for what many people think of the Michigan team this year, the Connor Stallion stuff, all that. What do you think the talking points will be on Tuesday if Michigan wins on Monday? You know, I think, I, you know, I think a big part of it is going to be, you know, the fact that J.J. McCarthy stayed and waited his turn and, and, you know, waited things out, you know, because if you look at, you know, a lot of other, a lot of other you know, schools in contention, I mean, Quinn Ewers got, yep. you know, Quinn Ewers transferred from Ohio State, Michael Penix transferred from Washington. Yep. Um, you know, this is Miro's first year, but Notre Dame went into the transfer, excuse me, not Notre Dame, Alabama went into the transfer portal last offseason. So I think a big part of that is going to be a lot of these, a lot of the major guys from Michigan, you know, Blake Corm, J.J. McCarthy, Roman Wilson, you know, just biding their time and waiting their turn. I know they've I, Sorry about that. I know they've been, <laughs> you know, good. They've been good the last, you know, three years in a row, three playoffs in a row, not in the national championship game. But you know, with the way things go are going now with NIL and the transfer portal, a lot of these guys, you know, could have said, you know, I'm going to go somewhere else so I can make more NIL money, you know, in other places. But they stayed and waited it out, and you know, they're probably going to win a national championship. And you know, I think there's something to that. I don't. I like the transfer portal. I like the kids having a chance to you know, make their decisions. But a lot of the times, you know, if you're just leaving outside, if you're not a quarterback, if you're leaving to go somewhere else for more playing time, you know, that's that's not a real reason to go, you know, because if, if you're not good, if you're not getting a minute, getting a playing time in one place, you know, there's nothing that says you're going to get it somewhere else. Everybody's not, you know, I think when Jamison Williams was at Ohio State, he was like the fifth wide receiver on their depth chart. So him being a first-round talent and not playing, yeah, that's, that's a reason to go. But a lot of these guys that transfer aren't that level of talent outside of quarterbacks. So I think, to me, the, the, if Michigan wins the title on Tuesday, the talking point is just going to be how this team kind of not stayed together this year with all the stuff that happened because all of that, all of it was self-inflicted. Not some of it. Everything that happened within that program this year was self-inflicted. But just over the course of these three or four years, those guys stayed together and built this thing up. And I think that should be a main talking point next week after the title game. Jay Davis with us. Uh, you know, lots made of Harbaugh going back to the NFL. Uh, talking heads on ESPN being very vocal and open about it uh, between uh, Feinbaum with, with, with Schefter, who was in Ann Arbor for like five months and has made his entire life around being a Michigan guy. Um, what, what, what do you think is the motivation there for the talking heads to do that now? Is there? Am I reading too much into it? Is it just, hey, the guy's in the national title game, so him leaving is a big story? Or is this more, 
is this is this agents trying to get deals? You mentioned you know thirteen million a year to stay in Ann Arbor, that kind of stuff. Is it that? Is it a negotiation tactic on the on the Harbaugh side, or is there you know is there a real desire on his end? Look, I think people forget two three years ago they asked him to take a pay cut, right? I mean, like it isn't too yeah, long ago he took, he took a pay cut for this season. Yeah. yeah, right. That they asked him to take pay cuts before offering this huge deal, and and you know there's a lot of bad feelings around that program with him, and so I'm just. Do you think it's that, or is is it a negotiation tactic, or is there you know just legit you know desire for him just to get back in the NFL? I don't know. You know, they they he's the one coach in college. They do this. It seems like this happens every every, every season. You know, whether they're in the playoff or you know they finish nine and three. You know, ever since he got that job back, you know, turned him back into a nine ten win team. You know, not a thirteen fourteen win team. Some some report comes out, you know, it's not, you know, there's no sources to it. It's, you know, it's Harbaugh on his way back to the NFL. You look at all the jobs that are open and they say, which job could he take? But, I mean, I know, you know, it seems like at the last couple places, he's kind of, you know, just worn people out with some of his quirks and things like that. You know, that happened in San Francisco. A lot of people think it's happening now in Michigan. But I just think, you know, with what he's done with that program, like I said before, I don't think they can let him go. He needs much more to that program than he would mean to any other program or NFL franchise. And, you know, just with what they have going now, you know, Michigan, I'm talking about, I think, you know, there's a chance for them to build off of, you know, I'm not saying they're going to turn into Alabama and win, you know, six of the next, like, 15 national championships, but, you know, there's a real chance for them to, you know, stay at the top of the college football landscape for a handful of years. Jay Davis with us. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break here. Reminder, Jay, da- Jay is uh, presented by our friends at Lana Sports, L-A-N-A Sports.com for all of your uh, throwback ABA gear. Go check them out. Cool family up in Indianapolis. Uh, happy that they're hanging out uh, with the show. Uh, the Ravens are back in uh, back home Saturday. They're hosting the Steelers 430 pregame at 4. Across the hall, 93.9, presented by our friends at Liquor Barn, where Kentuckians go to celebrate life. More with Jay Davis. We'll do it next here at ESPN 680, 105.7. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steal, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up! It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warmer G was on the streets, trying to consume some skirts for the E, so I could get some phones. Rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LB. You are listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 105.7. Now, here's Louis Rabot. So naysayers joking there somewhere. Louis Rabot with you here. Rabot and Co. ESPN 680-1057. Back at it here uh, on ESPN 680-1057. Thanks for making us part of your Thursday morning. We'll have you tomorrow as well. Uh, we'll head to New York. How about that for some uh, pre-Kentucky Derby uh, prep action as well. As Jay potted up. Uh, I know we had him drop. There we go. All right, now I can hear Jay. Um, uh, how hard did that song go when it came out, Jay? Uh, I remember that, you oh. know, like it was yesterday. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that movie Above the Rip came out in '94. I was I was 12 when that movie came okay. out, and I yeah, yeah. remember hearing that soundtrack and thinking it was the greatest thing ever. Is it the greatest thing ever? Uh, it's up there. <laughs> <laughs> as, far, as far as soundtracks go, nothing beats a '90s soundtrack. It, it it was a golden age of soundtracks, for sure. Uh, texture, that takes me back in time. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, you're getting a lot of compliments, by the way, Zach, on the ones and twos there, my friend, on the text line. So good job. Um, uh, by the way, a little breaking uh, Lou City news. Uh, Manny Perez has been uh, transferred, has taken a transfer to AC Horsens in Denmark. Uh, Jay, your, re- your reaction? I'm going to leave that to you. I appreciate it. Uh, All right, so the last thing I wanted to wrap up from our our conversation in the previous segment 
is Nick Saban. So you 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 were pretty quick to praise him there in that segment as far as his coaching this season, which I think is apt. I think he did a good job this year. I think it's obvious that with the pieces that he has, uh, he probably maxed maxed out what this team was capable of. Um, you know, these questions of retirement, you know, fast, you know, losing his fastball, these kinds of things. Where do you fall on Nick Saban? Because I think, look, I get it. Guys get into their seventies, and I you start to wonder where the cliff is. I don't know that he's anywhere near it, frankly. Yeah, I don't think he is either. But that doesn't mean you know he might. He could be looking at the landscape and you know just say he wants to walk away. But you know, I'll get back to that in a second. But the big thing to me is you know you got. Paul Feinbaum is probably the biggest voice, most prominent college football voice we have in the country. And, you know, the last couple of years he's been talking about, well, I think last year he said Alabama wouldn't be a contender anymore. This year he said, you know, Staten doesn't have it. You got They've won two national titles in the last seven years. You know, that would make a coaching career for a lot of other coaches. You know, Bobby Bowden won two. He got his two in the 90s, and that kind of cemented his legacy. Um, you know, I think Tom Osborne made his name off getting one. You know, Bob Stoops got one in 2000 and coached like 17 or 18 more years in Oklahoma. So, you know, I, there needs to be a little, you know, I know college football fans are, you know, irrational, particularly in Alabama, but then some, some things need to be put into perspective. And, you know, I think a lot of that says a lot about how, you know, a lot of programs go into the season, you know, your Michigan, your Ohio State, USC, Texas – you know, just thinking, all right, we should win a national championship. That is the expectation at Alabama. You know, you get fired. You know, some coaches get fired after, you know, going 10-0, 10-1 at Alabama. That's why, you know, a lot of people are on Ryan Day. But Ryan Day is going to be around a while. You know, John Cooper got to coach 13 games against Michigan and went 2-10-1 in those games, but he got to coach 13 times. So, I don't know, you know. When Saban does retire, I'm, they're not going. They're never. He's never going to get fired. They're never going to ask him to leave. But when he does step down, you know that's when people in Alabama and around college football are going to start to, you know, appreciate him a little bit more than what he did. But you know, the the uh, the comparison I make is, you know, look at, you know, what we've seen in college basketball the last like year or two. You know, you had Roy Williams, Jim Beheim, and Jim Beheim and Mike Sosetsky basically walk away at the same time. You know, just because of you know, the landscape changing. And I know there's been some talk talk about how Nick Saban is huge on NIL and the transfer portal. You know, he doesn't like the transfer portal. I know he's dipped into it. And, you know, that could be the thing that, you know, I think that would push him away faster than, you know, going 12-2 and or, you know, 11-1 and would. You know, I think off-the-field stuff would push him away faster than, you know, on-the-field production would. This reminds me, you know, the Feinbaum's comments, for example, from last year remind me. Do you remember when Max Kellerman in 2016 said Tom Brady was done? Oh, yeah. And then he made the Pro Bowl that year, the next year, the year after, and then again in 21, won multiple titles. And I I wonder if – and look, I think at the time, just based on numbers and how old the guy was, I understood what Max Kellerman was trying to do. Obviously, he's trying to have a hot take. It's first take. It is what it is. He's trying to have a hot take. But I do wonder, too, if some of these guys who do the national stuff just feel like they have to have these these hot takes just to, not for relevance or anything because it's freaking Paul Feinbaum, but, you know, just once in a while those takes come out because of those sorts of things. By the way, uh, it was in 21 that uh, and in 22 that Brady sent new completion and uh, attempt records uh, for his career. So <laughs> a full six and seven seasons after that. How about that? I just I, the the, yeah, I don't, the Max Kellerman thing just it always makes me smile. It's one of my favorite takes of all time. Yeah, that you know that happened. I think there was that they played. I remember it was like early in one season where they played Kansas City and they lost, and you know people were like, you know, Tom Brady should retire. And I think that was in 2014. So he played <laughs> seven more years and won like three more Super Bowls. So yeah, you know, like I said, you know, Saban's in his 70s. You know, there could be like I said, it, I think it would be more off the field stuff that would push him out. Right quicker than, you know, on-field pressure or anything like that. All right, so uh, Michael Penix is in the in the CFP uh, championship game. Uh, Texter wanted to know why – what about what about uh, Michael Penix would you look at and look at the landscape of the rest of college football and not think that he's the best pro po- prospect? Where do you rank him amongst the, the college quarterbacks, uh, Jay? And obviously, look, the guy's done plenty. He's had a great season. Probably should have won the Heisman. Um, yeah, ahead of Jaden Daniels, but um, uh, what's your what's your take on Michael Penix in general? But also, just you know, you know, where does he fit for the NFL draft for you? I think you know he's 
he's been he's shown flash he's shown a lot of flashes in Indiana. You know, they they played against Michigan, it was the cold year and he threw for like three hundred and fifty yards and Indiana won that game. Um, you know, he's beaten Michigan State before, but you know, he just couldn't stay healthy at Indiana right. and you know, he got to Washington and now he's healthy and now everybody sees how good he is. And, you know, maybe it's the injury history, you know, maybe, you know, it could be his size, you know, that might that might play a role into it. I don't know how he's not, you know, talked about as highly as, you know, Drake May, Caleb Williams, Shane Daniels. You know, when we see him make all of these throws, I do I understand that, you know, he's got three NFL wide receivers, but you know, Jaden Daniels has two. You know, so that can't really be all of it. He can make all the throws. You know, his accuracy is great. You know, he's a he's a he's a great college football player, and I I absolutely agree with you that he should have won the Heisman. You know, his his legacy is one of you know I would say perseverance. You know, all those injuries he had at Indiana, he could have easily said that. You know, he didn't want to do this anymore, but you know, he got some support there. You know, Kalen DeBoer, you know, got him at Washington when you know he when he was available, and you know, they they turned that program into one of the best programs in the country again. Jay Davis with us here. Usual spot on Thursdays presented by our friends at Lana Sports, L-A-N-A Sports.com. All right. Um, do I want to go away from football? I don't think I do. Um, not yet, at least. Uh, so the Lions go to to Dallas, and the, you know, the league reminds all players after the game that they really need to make sure that the referees know who um, – <laughs> <laughs> who's eligible and who's not as far as their, uh, the receivers. There are now billboards up in Detroit um, saying uh, Decker reported, uh, obviously. All over the place. Uh, um, how many are there, and uh, why are people spending money on this? There's a handful of them. I drove past one on my way into the office this morning that was, you know, their record's 11, 11 and 5, so the 11 and 5 was crossed out and 12 and 4 was written in black, you know, black marker on the billboard. Okay. So, yeah, yeah you know, I think, you know, it's just one of those things where you look at the landscape of the NFL, and right now I think there's only two really good teams, Baltimore and San Francisco. And, but, you know, somebody on San Francisco could get hurt, you know, oh, sure. tomorrow, you know, because they, Debo Samuels, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey—they all have injury histories. I think I think the reaction to that is because the field is so wide open, you know, and you know they know this. You know, this is this next week will be the first home playoff game they've hosted in 30 years, and I think people just understand. You know, people around here know understand how you know how fleeting that stuff is, and you know that these opportunities to win Super Bowls don't come around you know, as much. So, I mean, I, you know, you, I could, I guess out from the outside looking in, you could look at it and say it's a little corny and get over it, you know, because the players have, you know, Dan Campbell, you know, a couple at a press conference earlier this week said he didn't want to talk about it anymore, but, you know, fan is short for fanatic and, you know, people are passionate about this stuff and, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> they're not going to rest until, you know, they get, they get a Super Bowl. Plus, you know, you got to look, you had, you know, Calvin Johnson completing the process and, yeah. you know, I think, Oh, the other – I mean, last time they played down to Dallas in a game of this magnitude in the playoffs, they picked up a flag like two minutes after Absolutely, it was thrown. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I was just about to mention that. So yeah. there's, there's a history of this that, you know, when when these things happen, it probably tri- triggers some, some, some memories in people that, you know, that they just don't want to think about anymore. And I, just, I think that's – you know, this is one of those situations where, you know, something happened and, you know, it's, it's – you know, people every people here think everybody's against the Lions, and you know that's this is just a, just another instance of that. I can tell you, just being in a different market, that people want the Lions to do well. You know, outside of their teams, because just I think people understand. People, sports fans can appreciate people that are tortured by their teams. <laughs> like, I think that's a universal, you know, everyone's had a team that has let them down or tortured them or whatever, as far as the, you know, the on the field product or what have you, or off the field or anything. Uh, but fans in Jefferson County, especially down here, seem to really understand that. Jay Davis with us here on ESPN 680 105.7. Bobby V will follow me. You get roundtable at three o'clock here on ESPN 680 105.7. Yeah, I just, uh, the, the billboard thing, I really, it reminded me. In a way, so around here, when when a an athletic director named Tom Jurich was let go after a bunch of scandals and the issues with Patino and it's and, and those sorts of things, a group really pushed for him to be able to keep the job and to be reinstated. And he, they bought a bunch, of, they bought some billboards around town expressing this. And then when it came time for the actual hearing, three people showed up and stood outside. And and I and, and I saw these lions. I I saw these billboards and I thought the same thing. Like that's, 
it's just loser stuff. Like like complaining about officials and complaining, oh, we're we're, we're the underdogs. Like it's just loser stuff. But in my head, I'm like, Louie, you've been a Lions fan since the early 80s, and you know how crappy all of this is. So I also understand it, right? And and I and I, I don't know. I it just it seems sad and, and unnecessary, but I also uh, in my mind I, I I do understand it. So there you go. Um, yeah, I mean that's not something I spend my money on. No, I mean, that's I get right. it. I get it. Um, well, look, it's it's one of the fan bases with the, just the worst records and just the most loyal people that just show up every freaking week. Um, yeah, you know we we've had we've had bad stretches up here for every team. You know, we had the Dead Wings in the '80s, the Pistons in the last 15 years, and you know part of the late '90s. Um, you know, the Tigers. I, I was I was doing an internship in 2003 when the Tigers won 43 games. I sat at I went to 20 of those games, and there was like five people in the stands. Yeah. The Lions. Are the only team that when they're awful that you know still sell out still sells out you know most of their games you know comes close to selling out all their games so the Lions fans are the most passionate you know in the fan base and you know that's just another example of it. Yeah, I think they would literally detonate the city of Detroit if they ever won a Super Bowl. It's just, <laughs> oh, just the end of that place for sure. Dave Davis with us. Um, uh, are you watching from afar? You and I do a, a college basketball podcast together, 40 Minutes a Pod. We dropped a new episode a couple days ago. Uh, how bad it is at L, and, you know, they lose another one last night at Virginia. I mean, I ask you only because we're in this market. At this point, is anything surprising about L basketball, and is it just a good idea to just bet against them? No. I mean, you know, Virginia is coming off a, you know, a tough loss. You know, before last night, but yeah, I mean, they shoot like I think I, you know I watched a little bit of that, and they shot like twenty five percent from three. Right. You know, they're not shooting great up from the line, but they're also not drawing a lot of talking about Louisville. So, I mean, nobody had a really particularly good game for the you know for the Cardinals, so, you know, to kind of even keep them in that game. And you know, I just think I don't the ACC is not as you know, top heavy as it, or deep as it usually is, but I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to win another game this year. I, I hate to say that, you know, you want to, yep. you know, I know the fan base is great, you know, they got a great history, but you know, it, it just doesn't look like they're going to win another game this year. They're going to go over in the ACC, you know, and that's just not something you can have. I don't think at a program like Louisville. Yeah, I. It, okay, so I wanted to ask you a question, and I'll lay out the entire scenario. I don't know if you listen to the first hour of the show. I know you have a job, so I don't expect that you do. Early during this season, there was a player named Karan Davis who transferred in, and mm-hmm. I, I think that you know, I think culturally he didn't fit in all these kinds of things. And then there was obviously an incident, and then he was away from the team. He was there, but he wasn't on the bench. He wasn't, you know he was very clearly not part of the everyday ins and outs of, of Louisville basketball. But the whole time coach Kenny Payne told us, no, no, he's not in trouble. No, no, he hasn't done anything. Um, He's just, he's just not playing right now. And then it comes out, Hey, he's leaving the program. And then he tweets, Hey, I'm, I'm not leaving. And then they said, all right, he's been kicked off in a separate release. Okay. Last night, a bunch of guys were quote unquote injured and didn't play. And this team is built on, a guy who was Pac-12 freshman of the year and transferred out of USC the second he saw any kind of competition in the backcourt at USC. It's built on Sky Clark, who left the Illinois team in December of last year. Am I way too cynical to think that I don't trust the injury report coming out of U of L right now? No, I mean, you know, why, why would you? You know, just looking at everything that's going on, you know, comments by Kenny Payne and, you know, different things that's going on with a couple of different players in the program is, you know, you know, they they basically played seven guys last night. I know you said they had some injuries, but you know, there's 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 nothing that I've seen from them, you know, that leads me to think that they shouldn't be trying out every guy on that bench to see if they can get something out of them. And you know, I just I just don't know. I mean, I know how this is going to end. It's just a question of now of now of when it's going to end. And you know, I, like I said, you know, you you talked about it before. They had a huge break before that Virginia game, which. You know, kind of says a lot. Says even more about it. You know, you had 12 days to get ready. I know it was a holiday break, but you know, you have 12 days off, all this time to prep, and you lose by 24. But you know, something something should have been done. You know, in that two weeks, I know the athletic director said, you know, nothing's going to happen right now. But you know, you you know, you're going to lose fans, and you know, you're going to you're going to keep losing support unless you know something is something changes. I, I will tell you, I don't tell my kids who to root for. 
I'm letting them sort of organically grow up as much as I can. Obviously, they, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's a different world. They've been in the, you know, in the paddock in the winter circle of Churchill Downs, for example. It's not a normal world for them, right? <laughs> Those are things that I got to do as a kid. But, you know, I'm trying to let them choose their college teams, their pro teams, that kind of stuff, right? And so I'm watching, especially my 11-year-old son, who's about to turn 12. I'm watching him go through the motions. And he, he roots for teams that are geographically named after the place that he lives, right? But when mm-hmm. I tell him Louisville basketball is playing, he doesn't come and sit down and watch the game with me. And that's the concern for me, is that you just lose a bunch of kids in a market where there isn't just one option, right? This isn't, you know, this isn't Ohio and there's one option. This is Kentucky. There's multiple schools, and that's what I worry about, Jay, is that there's actually a trickle-down uh, to even younger yeah, yeah. fans, right, We're, who are just going to be like, why would I root for a team that's 4-28 and or 5-8 and this season, whatever? Why would I do that when Reed Shepard's flying around with, you know, DJ Wagner and Aaron Bradshaw down the street in Lexington? Why would I do that? Yeah. And another, a bigger part of that is, you know, if, you know, if we're being honest, you know, it's never the entire reason, but you know, having fun and having good sports teams is a part of is a big part of the reason why you know a lot of kids pick the college that they oh, choose, sure. you know, because you can get an education anywhere. So, you know, well, you saying that about your son, you know, that can lead to, you know, some some enrollment drop, you know, uh, different sure. things like that. You know, obviously not saying I want to see that happen, but those things have to come into play. You know, when these things touch that. When these types of things happen with athletic programs, that has to be something that those departments have to consider. Michigan State had its most um, its most applications immediately after the 2000 team won the national title, and they got so many donations they built a biochemistry building. Mm-hmm. I, no, these are real I things. Work, these are tangible things. Yeah, of course, these are tangible things, right? I mean, so no, it's absolutely the case that I mean these have trickle down effects. I mean, I do these FOIA requests for attendance down at the Yum Center, our big stadium downtown. I had 4,300 people the other night, Jay. You can't build a downtown around a team that's going to play 20 home games in front of 4,000 people. You just can't do it. So, no, it's it's um, it's um, not a tenable situation. All right, we got one more segment uh, with our guy Jay Davis. We will do that next here on Rabo & Co. A reminder, some, uh, some happenings here uh, as well. We will have the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show on Saturday after the U.K. game. In Gainesville, sometime around 2.30, you'll get Jason Entz and Mike Gandolfo. They remind you, go check out that elk draw on their website today for 2024. Uh, you are not Dan Essel. You do not have an elk in your backyard. You'll have to go to Kentucky to find one instead. On the other end, a little bit more Jay Davis. We'll get you into Bobby V. We do it next here at ESPN 680-1057. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Listening to Rabot and Co. here on ESPN 680 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. Look what I think, Jay Davis. I think Lincoln Park, it is what it is, people. Here, ESPN 680 1057. Louis Rabot hanging out with you. Reminder check out Wingzone, wingzone.com. Tons of deals on the website. Want to thank them for bringing uh, lunch by the ESPN Louisville studios today. But hey, reminder Jay is presented by our friends at Lana Sports, L A N A Sports.com. Do you remember those rivalries? The Colonels, the Pacers. How about Julius Irving, Rick Berry, Dan Issel, that red, white, and blue basketball? Hey, an Indiana-based company, a lot of sports, partnered with those very ABA legends and countless others. They'll bring back that basketball, and you can have one yourself. Crafted with quality composite leather, this basketball is a must-have for any hoops enthusiast. Visit Lana Sports, L-A-N-A Sports.com. Use that code ABA20 to get 20% off your order. Lana Sports, where the ABA lives on. Again, Lana Sports, L-A-N-A Sports.com. Check out that with that promo code ABA20 on your order to get 20% off 
the entire thing. All right, Jay Davis with us. I'm going to suggest to the nice people at Lana Sports who own the ABA rights. We have a Papa shot in our basement. It is ESPN themed. I would rather have an ABA one with the red, white, and blue mini basketball. What says Jay Davis? Oh, I want one. I've been wanting a Papa shot machine for years. I got Lisa, Lisa got me NBA Jam a few years ago for oh, yeah. Christmas, but I've been wanting a Papa shot. I've been wanting a Papa shot since I was like eight years old. An ABA one would be sick as hell, right? I mean, it'd be amazing, right? That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Just that. I love that ball. Just looking at the ball, you know, know, fly through the air. That would be awesome. I'm probably going to get one of those balls too for my for my. For my for the hoop of my driveway. Well, I will have a lot of sports send you one. Uh, L-A-N-A sports, uh, dot com as well. Uh, go check them out. Good people up there uh, in Indianapolis. Get over the fact that they're in Indianapolis, Colonel fans. It's okay. They, they, you know, Dan's, Dan's a fan. Don't worry about it. All right, let's get into your NBA power rankings for this week. They're over at First Gen Sports, firstgensports.com. Jay does these every week trying to keep up uh, as well as he can uh, with the NBA. You watch a ton of it, so obviously not the, the issue here. You write a bit about the Knicks, and um, you know I'm always surprised – how many Knicks fans we have in this market? I guess they're everywhere, uh, those New York fans in every market. But, um, you know, you've got the Celtics on top. OKC in the second spot. If you had to bet long term this season, this season, would you take the Knicks or the Thunder? And if you're betting the next three, four seasons, who would you take? Uh, uh, I honestly have both of those in Oklahoma City. You know, just for chance. Shane Gibbs Alexander is a top five player in the league, another Kentucky guy. Um, Chet Holmgren's Chet Holmgren's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. He's just shown so much this year, you know, in terms of versatility on both ends of the floor. You know, on the defensive end, he's guarding one through five. On the offensive end, you know, you've seen him handle the ball at the three point line and get all the way to the basket. And but you know, I would I would like to see them. You know, a lot of people say they want to see them get one more guy. I, I want to see this grow organically, and I think that's what Oklahoma City might be thinking. Who knows? Because they have a boatload of draft picks the next few years. But you know, short and long term, I would I would I would pick Oklahoma City just because I think they have more high level talent than New York does. Jalen Brunson's really good. Julius Randle's really good. Um, OJ Ananobi's a really good three and D guy. But I just think you know, in terms of top level talent, I think Oklahoma City's top couple, top two or three guys are better than New York's. Yeah, it's interesting. They because and you mentioned it. The conundrum there is they have a bunch of these draft picks. Do you do you swap the draft picks in for a more you know a veteran guy a more experienced guy in the OKC thing and do you potentially mess it up right you don't want to mess with what they're building frankly Jay what's happening in OKC is what I was hoping would happen with the Pistons and it just isn't right is that you get a bunch of guys together uh, on the younger side and they seem to they seem to mesh well they seem to work well together on the court um, yeah it just it's such a fascinating conundrum to be in is there a single guy though that's out there. You know, a single player, and I don't even want to mention a name that they could insert and be better. Oklahoma City, yeah. uh, that is I probably mean, available. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. I mean, obviously, yeah. oh yeah, if they go get LeBron, it would really okay, sure, whatever. You know, but like you know, like a guy that they could le- legitimately, you know, make a case to go get and then insert in the lineup and be better. Well, if they need one more thing, I think it's another big guy. You know, to either pair with Chet or to back up Chet and. You know, those guys aren't really available now. Um, you know, some I've heard some people say, you know, Pascal Siakam would work there or, you know, they throw down Golden State, you know, when they talk about Pascal Siakam. But, you know, I kind of just want to see them do this organically. You know, they said Gilgis Alexander came over to trade. You know, they got set in the draft. You know, Jalen Williams, you know, coming out of college wasn't like some super high prospect. He's developed into a really good player. You know, they got – you know, Josh Giddy, who's kind of, you know, kind of fallen in, in the back and some other guys step forward. Lou Dort, you know, is, not, is a good 3 and D guy. So if they need – the one thing I think they do need is another big guy. And, you know, I, I, I honestly just don't know where they go where they go with that. You know, they have all these, these assets to make a quote-unquote splashy move, but I don't necessarily think that's what they need. They just need to get you – know, you know, I've heard the, the best name – the best name that I've heard for them that would fit, you know, what I'm saying is sure. is Isaiah Stewart from the Pistons. You know, he's yeah. a guy that can, you know, step out and shoot threes. He plays really hard. He's he's a fierce competitor, and I think that's a guy that would slot pretty well in there. But, you know, that's not a sexy name. But I think if they had Isaiah Stewart, they would stay in that top two or three in the West and have a chance to at least get to the Western Conference Final. Jay Davis with us, his final segment here with us on a Thursday. He'll be with us every Thursday, presented by Lana Sports, L-A-N-A Sports.com. Go check them out for all of your ABA goodies. Um, just doing a, a fantastic job up there in Indianapolis. All right. Um, 
Which NBA star do you think had the best 2023, and why is his name Nikola Jokic? <laughs> I mean, he, I mean <laughs> he was the best. He became the unquestioned best player in the league, you know, led his team to the championship, got to go home and, you know, play with his horses and, you know, just come back to do his job. Jokic, I think Jokic easily had the best 2023 of any NBA player. Who are the other three or four on, on that list? Uh, I would say... Is Embiid up there? Oh, yeah, Embiid, he finally got his MVP. You know, he's he's so far this year, he's having a hell of a season. You know, his numbers are up from last year, but, you know, he's got he's to do it in the playoffs for me. But, you know, Embiid's up there. Uh, despite some uh, personal issues that are kind of, you know, out of the spotlight now, I think Anthony Edwards has to be up there, particularly the last half of the year, you know, what we saw from him in the World Championships and what we've seen from him so far in the season. Um, Does Jimmy know, Butler get a bunch you know, of credit for the run in the in the playoffs? Does that override a bunch of, you know, sort of blah regular season stuff, how well they played in the playoffs? Yeah, but, I mean, that – you could you could you could easily make that you know more about Eric Spolster and about Jimmy Butler okay. just with the way that okay. you know they switched up so much stuff you know game to game in the playoffs you know they played a lot of zone they played they played a lot of zone last night in L A you know just doing these different things you know no matter what you know game to game series to series that you know put them in that position you know you got to remember I, I know Jimmy Jimmy was great in that Buck series he had he kind of had out of body experience but the rest of that run was about other guys stepping up, you know, hitting threes, getting hot from three more so than anything else, and you know, then that kind of kind of went away in the finals. So I think you could make the you could make the case for expulsion just as much as you could for Jimmy Butler. There you go. Last one then uh, is SGA on that list? Uh, I don't know. You know, never be he had. He's he's putting up great numbers. He's turning into a you know big man. He's got a skims deal, but you know, I, I got I got to see him do a little bit more April, May, and June before I put him on there. Okay. Well, there he you might go. Be on the, he might be on the guys that had the best twenty twenty four, but I can't put him on the guys that had the best twenty twenty three. Um. Uh, so I I work with a guy and I mentioned him a lot. Round Daddy, uh, James Strebel had a son, a uh, little Reed. Um. And he uh, James is a big UK guy, a big UK fan. His wife, uh, a U of L fan, and she has her has their son decked out in in U of L gear. What would has your wife ever done this to you? Uh, she doesn't have to because my kids won't wear Michigan State stuff. They like they like to badge you better than. Oh no! Oh God! What happened there? Duh! I mean, you know, I'm like you. I let them. You know, I let them make for themselves. Yeah. They want to. If they want to support the badges, that's fine. You know, yeah. when state's on, you know, they go green, go white. But it, when it comes to picking out clothes, they 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 rock the red and white more than the green and white. Is it because it matches the hair and better? Is that fire. what's going on there? Is that what that is? I mean, red. You know, I'm trying to come up with kids, reasons here, Jay. <laughs> You know, for for a kid, red comes up a little bit more than green. Yeah, no, it's true. If you put it, you know, so so they just they you know they like to coordinate, like you know, Jab with the student boomerang says, you know, they 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 like to you know they like to rock with the water rock, and I'm not going to fight them on it. Street will put it on uh, on Twitter. I, I immediately retweeted it. The, the first comment is, "That's assault, brother." <laughs> <laughs> That's a great tweet. Oh, man. All right. He's Jay Davis. He's presented by our friends at Lana Sports, L-A-N-A, lanasports.com. Check them out for all of your ABA collectibles. Uh, like like they say in the ad, man, go check out one of those basketballs just for your front yard, for your uh, driveway, and uh, we will get it going. Uh, with them, they'll be hanging out with us at least through the summer. So that's, uh, that's good stuff there. Jay, appreciate you. I'll talk to you next week, friend. All right. Thanks, Lou. All right, Jay. We'll see you later. There you go. Well, Jay Davis on a Thursday. How about that? I think that Papa shot, the ABA Papa shot's a winner, though. I do. I think it's absolutely a winner. Just because that he mentioned it, right? The the ball flight and the 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 spinning red, white, and blue is awesome. And getting that something like thirty times in thirty seconds or something would be great. So uh, hopefully they can they can figure. That's that what out. we always played with back in the day. Was the red, white, and blue ball? Yeah. It wasn't even the orange basketball that yeah. everybody plays with in the NBA. It was right. the red, white, and blue ball. Yeah. Well, it's fantastic. A lot of sports smart enough to go get the uh, all the copyrights on that stuff, so they have uh, all that available for you. Um, Man, oh man. Uh, just wrapping up the show, if you missed any part of it, talk to Ben Roberts in the first hour of the show about Kentucky basketball. Go back to the podcast center, ESPNLouisville.com. Uh, you can find any of our thoughts there. Um, the Eclipse Award finalists will be on Saturday for horse racing. I, I submitted my uh, my Eclipse ballot. I get to vote on that. You thought we'd get through a show without horse racing in your face, Zaxi. Um, <laughs> uh, so that'll be coming up on Saturday uh, as well. And then, of course, the uh, the event is at the end of the month in South Florida. 
which I should probably start making. It'll be like, oh, honey, I got to go. Yeah, I got to be at Fort Lauderdale at the end of January. It's just part of the job. <laughs> Find a reason to convince my wife I got to be away from my family for four days in warm weather in January. It's probably a good idea. Uh, some other things going on at the station. A reminder, Bellerin Basketball, Austin P tonight, 6.15 pregame. 6.30 first tip here on your home for Bellerin Basketball, ESPN 680-1057. Louisville Basketball, the women's side. Uh, they're playing Duke tonight, 7.30 pregame with Nick Kern. Over there on 93.9. And then, of course, you'll get full play-by-play as well across the hall on 93.9. The Ville. That's actually, is that a top 20 matchup? I can't remember where Duke is ranked uh, on the women's side. I'm totally blanking. I watched a little bit of Duke uh, this week, and then I watched... Um, a lot of the Clemson-Miami game last night, that Clemson team's really interesting. I, I, I'm very interested to see if they have long-term staying power. Because we know what Miami is, we know what Lauren is going to do, <clears throat> but that, that Brownell-Clemson thing, the, the starts are always hot, and then we never know uh, what's going to happen later. Zach, are the cops out front here for you? No, believe it or not. How about they're that? Not, they're not for me. All right, good. I don't think so, yeah. anyway. <laughs> I think they would have found me by now if they were looking for me. <laughs> Sounds like it would have been last night. A uh, little let's go pee coming down on the text line. There do it we, is. Do we have that hot key from, from Issel Say let's go pee? <laughs> that seems like one we should get together. Let's go pee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's the good stuff. Uh, They've been out there for a while, though. There's like, something going yeah, on. Yeah, I think there's there's someone who's not doing well on the sidewalk. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what happened. I thought some, something was going on at the Jimmy John's. Nope, it's not that. I can confirm it's not that. Our friends at the at the corner, Jimmy John's there. No, it's not it's not that. Um <laughs> reminder too as we get into lunchtime here for our friends at Wing Zone. Uh check them out. Uh sixteen uh traditional wings, just twelve bucks. Get that bundle right now. Uh get you in there. The Pro Bowl was announced. I guess we'll have to get into that tomorrow. I want to talk about if we care about these teams anymore, because no one cares about the actual Pro Bowl, Zach. But do we care who's all NFL and all those kinds of things as well? I, maybe a little more. Uh, I'd like to at least have those arguments. I think those are interesting. Um, I do think it's you know a few spots where I miss Issel. One of them is talking about Jokic and what he's doing, because just hearing a guy who, when he retired, only had three other professional basketball players having scored more points. Hearing him talk about Nikola Jokic the way that he does, I miss that stuff. Um, but man, I'm so glad we got to talk about the Jurich billboards. <laughs> what a time to be alive that was. Oh, man. All right, this is ESPN 680 105.7. I'm Louis Rebo. You hear the music, so we're getting out of here. We'll talk some horse racing. We've got some preps in New York tomorrow, so we'll talk about aqueduct and all of those things. See, Bill, I used the term aqueduct instead of aqueduct. There you go. Uh, I'll be back at 10 o'clock tomorrow. I hope that you are too. Happy Thursday. Check us out. Horse Racing Happy Hour tonight. Have a great day, everybody.